I'm Melody Asani. I'm Julie Burns Walker. Today, we welcome you back to the Butterfly Forecast. Jerica, I love this room you're in. Oh, thanks. It's my office. It feels like a productive room. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like, <laughs> like I just would like get in there and just do stuff. That's exactly what happens. I get in here, I do stuff. I'm not sure how, quote unquote, productive the stuff is, but boy, does it end up done. <laughs> and it looks so ordered, like you have your own style of order. Is that oh, true? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. It is so refreshing to see it because it looks like I always admire order because there's so many different styles, but it also looks like you have a lot of energy in there. Yeah, it's my creative spot. But before I moved here, I always visioned, you know, dreamt of when I bought a house, just having a little office. It's just my little, my little creative cave, womb kind of place. There is nothing like it. My husband doesn't like that I need that. He feels left out of the process. Oh. And I was trying to explain to him, no, 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 you're not left out. But if I don't come from that space, then you're not going to like to be with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm t- okay, for real, back to the puppy. I just, I'm really sitting here going, will I never have a private space again? <laughs> oh, no. She's going to be everywhere. She's going to live <laughs> everywhere I live, in this house, everywhere, every corner. Imagine finding out you're pregnant. <laughs> no. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay, it happened to me. <laughs> and are you? I am. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you now have a visitor in your own body. Visitor is a nice word. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like a visitor. I mean, I would say closer to parasite possibly, but... <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I understand. A lot of people get upset when they see I understand. I mean, truly child-free here dedicated to being that way and so when I realized that having this puppy was like having a child I was like oh my god what is it have I made a mistake you know why did you decide to get a puppy that's a great question um I'd been through enough waves of isolating type of depression and I'd also been through enough waves of should I shouldn't I should I shouldn't I am I am I ready to commit to taking care of another being And so one weekend I was just on my computer late at night, not sleeping. And I went to a little pet finder website and I saw a picture of her and her sibling, but I saw her and I was like, oh, oh, there's something about this one. And I immediately sent a letter and the next day the rescue organization emailed me back and then I panicked because I was like, oh no, this is real. (laughs) Now it's real. Uh, And now I've got to see if I'm willing to follow through. And I did. And so I think it's just companionship, you know. I love that, though. I love, um, actually, Jerrica, since you're the one who inspired uh, the topic today, that is the perfect segue. Because, you know, you're drawn to something like that beautiful puppy. By the way, 
that picture you have to send Mal She's later. So that yeah. is the cutest. And if you arrange that photo, you have yet another profession to you, yet another to add to your enormous resume because it's so adorable. But I think when you're drawn to something, that is the beginning of a transition and you just don't know it yet. Yeah, I agree. I had no, yes, yes. Transitions was exactly... It's surprising to me. <laughs> it's surprising to me that no matter how ready you are for to like cross into the next stage, whatever stage you're crossing into isn't exactly, it's not what you imagine. It has all kinds of new elements that you didn't even consider. I used to do this thing every year where like I'd, I'd pick a theme for the year. You know, at, the, at New Year's Eve, I'd pick a theme for the next year. And I stopped doing that recently, but I still occasionally will like give the next month a theme. And I didn't do it for August and August, uh, August theme has found me (laughs) and that is uh, acceptance. And I didn't know that acceptance was, uh, I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't know that acceptance was the realm that I was transitioning into. I thought it was just, you know, like another phase of growth, but of course you got to have acceptance too. You mean like acceptance to grow? Acceptance for, I think I feel, I mean, like acceptance for, in terms of what's, what is in front of you, you know, having the courage to see it plainly. And then for me, (laughs) acceptance is really about calming down and responding rather than reacting. Mm. Because I feel like reacting has a bit of, for me at least, it has a bit of that um, rebellion, I'll show you kind of an energy to it. Uh, and that's not really acceptance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mean just like being able to flow with things. Mm-hmm. Be in flow. Yeah. Flow rather than like fixed mm-hmm. into them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also mean like it's deep. I feel like there's another light layer to being in flow because a lot of people talk about being in flow and, and you know, just kind of loosey-goosey go with the flow. But I'm also talking about like, hmm. There's something in the language that I can't I can't quite nail down, but there's something about really seeing, seeing the truth for what it is, seeing what is in front of you and not allowing any kind of uh, denial or disillusion and avails to, to kind of allow that, quote unquote, go with the flow to be, you know, something else. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to be clear because there's so, so often, I mean, that was one of my, one of the things that I worked on for so long, like a period of time where I'm like, just please give me clarity to see things as they are, not as what I think they are, not as what people are projecting to me as they are, but just as they are, because that's so difficult to not allow yourself to get in the way or your like perception. Julie and I talk about this all the time, like. Perception is such a trip, especially it it really trips me out with parents, like how they'll have two different kids and each kid will have a completely different perception of how they were raised, even though they were raised in the same exact environment. I'm like, how does that happen? Mm -hmm. Like, how, Mm -hmm. how do two people perceive the same thing so completely different? But do you think it's the same thing? Because especially if we're talking about parenthood, then we've got, because uh, I think when you when you say that, I think about my siblings and I'm like, oh, but we we truly feel like we truly were raised by different different sets, even though they're the same people. They were different 
parents for each of us. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, I do. And I think that that's one of the most fascinating, like, zoom lens on that. Because when you talk to people all day, friends, like people you know really well, and they make a reference to their parents, if you talk to their siblings, you get a different reference. Mm -hmm. And you yourself, I mean, I hear it, you know, there were five kids in our family at one point, but people kind of came and went. But our parents were the same. It's just that they were overwhelmed at different stages. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody, when I hear like my siblings talk, something in me is like, you guys, you forget. What would you have been like with that situation at that point with specifically you as the kid? (laughs) You know, so I think we did get different things from our parents, including the fascinating thing that Mel, you were just sharing, a perception. And like, I remember being treated very much the same way as my siblings, but just reaching a different conclusion of what it meant. Mm. And I think we do that every day with like work and colleagues and conversations or God forbid texting, <laughs> which I I have had so many times when I thought it was a yes and no question somebody was asking me. So I responded and they're like, afterwards they go, are you upset? Are you okay? And I was like, Yeah, perfectly. Why? Well, that's all you said. Oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I I thought you were just asking out of the blue a question. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much you don't get to unpack. But even when we're together, there's so much we don't get to unpack. You know, like you, Jerrica, are such a good, if I, if, if you'll forgive me, I think you're a real soul reader. Oh, thank you for saying that. It's so true. Every time I have had a conversation with you, it's very interesting how you're not just communicating or sharing, but you're taking it at the exact same time. I don't think many of us can do that. (laughs) Maybe not for your puppy, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. you know, do you, do you, have you ever had the experience, either of you, have you ever had the experience where somebody tells you something about yourself and, and elicits such a strong, and depend, and it, you know, depending on where you are in your, in your journey, at one stage, it elicits one type of reaction. And then years later, somebody may say the exact same insight about you. And it, and it gives you like in your, your response to it is a complete 180. Yes. Say more about that. I remember when I was in my, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, working with a theater company in Dallas. And I remember the director at the time, I can't remember their name, unfortunately, it's been too long. Um, But I remember them telling me, oh, you soak up the energy of people that's around you. And I had no idea what that meant, but it sounded like, it sounded like a thing that that shouldn't happen. (laughs) And so in my very wise 20-year-old self just was like, no, that's not true. I don't do that. And then now where I am, just understanding sensitivity and, you know, thank you for calling it soul reading. Um, just understanding all of that now more. I hear those kinds of words and I'm like, oh, wait, I have a language around all of this. I have an acceptance around all of this now. I, oh, poor 20 year old me. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> I love there's that word acceptance again, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like you guys sometimes acceptance 
is one of those qualities or maybe necessary attributes that no one introduces you to. You bump into it out of necessity on the path. And I feel like transitions always lead us into it like it's a stage. Mm. You know, kind of like the stages of grief and denial is like the first and acceptance is one of those stages. Mm. That is true, yeah. And so something happens and you didn't want it to happen because here you are like, for example, the three of us are sensitives. So the thing about being a sensitive is that you're you're always doing your best to interact at your optimum in life and read and assess the situation so, because you're not going to waste whatever it is you have to offer when there's no mm-hmm. opening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're very sensitive to it. But then something happens that you did not wish to happen or you were misread or misinterpreted because they are not a soul reader. Mm-hmm. And now you have to accept whatever just happened. Talk about difficult things, Mel. Talk about that being hard. That's one of the hard ones for me, I feel like. Same. Absolutely. And especially when it's something you put your energy, you know, into. Mm-hmm. Jerica, when you when you grew up in Texas, like I don't really think of Texas, especially where you grew up as something that academically encourages fine arts or performing arts. <laughs> I, p- correct me, I beg you. <laughs> but, but how did you get from like, like you, there you were, this wise soul, and you're in that climate, that cultural climate. How did you transition to that art? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> That's really funny. The second you said Texas and then followed it with academically, I was like, oh, this is going somewhere really funny to me. <laughs> you know, God bless my state. Um, <laughs> it's another country. It is another country. And they're aware of it, too. I think, you know, growing up, I always knew I was going to leave. I remember, I remember, I don't know how old I was, real young. But I remember one time just kind of like looking around. We were going down to South Texas to another family reunion because we would go every year. All, all of our family that we visited, Texas, Texans for generations. And one day, one random day, one beautiful summer, some random day, we were going down to visit family once again. And I just remember thinking, on TV, they get on planes to go, <laughs> like, they get on planes to go visit family. We're always getting in a car. Why do we all like, why does everybody live here? <laughs> I'm gonna leave. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not I, like amongst other reasons too. I just remember that in particular really, really baffling me as a kid. Just like, this just doesn't make sense to me. They need uh, they need uh, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them somewhere to go, you know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's it. That's the thing. That is my favorite thing. But it's less about, that's less about Texas and just more about my particular family. In terms of like the fine arts, I mean, I went to college in Texas. I went to SMU. Um, There was a lovely theater department there. But yeah, artistically, I I don't want to, you know, they're pockets, they're pockets, they're pockets. Is there anyone else in your family that was creative or artistic in the same way as you? Not in the same way as me. I'm, I'm the wild child in that regard. 
my mother definitely has a large creative bone though. She's, she's working on flexing it more, but in terms of like, you know, being the artist of the family that went, that, that role fell to me. Do you think you inspired her to flex it more? Oh yeah. hundred percent. When she was raising me, it gave her a license to like feed herself in that way. And then, you know, as I've continued and made it my living, then, you know, and occasionally we'll have conversations about certain things. And I'm just like, well, you know, you could just do it. You know, you could write it, write it for church. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah it's been really lovely. Oh, I love that. Uh, how we often think that evolution happens like um, your grandparents helped your parents evolve and they helped you evolve. But I see it also works from the younger generation up, don't you guys? Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've seen so many changes, even just, even this pan, like what's happened during the pandemic, you know, of course, hopefully that's been a ripple effect for everybody in their lives. But just, you know, as I've gotten more into gardening, I've noticed that they have too, because of all the free time that we have now. And it's just, yeah, it's been really, it's really beautiful watching them find a second blossom or a third blossom. Who knows what what number blossom this is for them in their lives. Oh, so there's that theme for you. Yeah. So how did you go from university? Like there is no acting industry or, you know, per se, right? In Dallas? No, there was. There was. Oh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's okay. theater. There's a theater scene there. Mm. Um, at the time, there was, and, and still now, I think, there's there's a, um, you know, like kind of Hollywood on camera type stuff, either commercials and uh, industrials and all of that kind of stuff. They have, they, they have that going on. So there was some of that, and I did that a bit. Yeah, I did that a bit after after college and then, and then moved out here. And did it take, like, a special brand of courage i took a brand of courage call i'm just gonna follow my heart again it's the wild child rebellion thing honestly i feel like the phases of transition i've had in my life before have been really fired by no one can tell me what to do i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna i'm just gonna leap i'm gonna leap and and then that will appear and it'll, it'll all work out fine operating in a much different capacity nowadays but back then the thing that really got me out was i was dating somebody that moved out to california and so I'm going to follow my heart. And I've always wanted to leave Texas anyway. And so great. Two and two birds, one stone. <laughs> wow. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, why, why, did, why has that changed now? Are you more conservative? Mm, I wouldn't say I'm more conservative, but I'm more, um, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really trying to be less reactionary. Because again, I really think there's, for me at least, there's something about I enjoy my fire. My fire has gotten me through, has, has my, my, my fire has led me to where I am today. And I really love the person that I am today. But my fire also needs more balance. Hmm. And, you know, for, uh, for as long as I've known you, you've been through quite a number of changes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, like big, big things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, so this is a, a sort of a chicken or the egg question. Mm. And I, I w- really wonder this for both of you. Um, so, for example, when you take on a new role, you're also in a new culture. You like the culture of that story, the culture of the people on board. Um, Smushy, you too, like when you're working on a new project, it's whole different groups of people that come together. Your life isn't the same every day. And I wonder, Jericho, like when you, do you 
evolve because of the role? Or does the role evolve because you inhabit it? Hmm. What a question. (laughs) Do I evolve? I think there's a, my, all right, all right. Can I get, I'm going to get a little weird. Yeah. (laughs) I love weird. I see my, when it comes to acting, when it comes to that part of my life, my day job, I really do see it as priestess work. Mm. I see it as allowing myself to be, um, in a way, to be possessed. I, I've, I've done all of the, the, you know, the world building and all of that, that I, all of the, the nutrition that the character needs, I've given her that. And so when I get to work, my job is to then open a dimension, allow all of that to live, and then let the second it's no longer needed, close it back up and be done. And that's how I that's how I approach my work. And I feel like when you when I think about it, like am I evolving because of the role, or is the role evolving because of me? It's definitely chicken or egg. It's like Ouroboros. You know what I mean? Um, it all works together, especially because I see the work that way. As I've been fortunate enough to work more, I really try to blur myself and the character because it's it's all. I feel like the most interesting performances and art is when we feel like we're looking at the person, you know? No, it's funny because I'm thinking about it and I feel like maybe because I've struggled with a sense of self for a long time, I often put myself in the position of being the student, you know, like I'm always in there just to learn and I rarely think of myself in it unless until after sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's cool how I put myself in that, but I won't be aware of it until the thing is done. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, sometimes with you, I notice like a lot of people um, take selfies with your, with your apparel on and like they can't get enough of it. It, I, it fascinates me because you're, you're looking at like 20 selfies 20 different people wearing the same outfit in 20 different ways. Oh, that's actually really, I'm <laughs> sorry so, to really cut you off. Oh, no, go no, for but it. That's interesting because when you see that, Mel, like, and you see all the different reflections of, of your work, like, do you still see, do you see yourself in your work in that way or no? Um, I think it's difficult for me to think that way. I mean, I, in the process, sometimes I'll like finish something. And then when I think about it consciously, I'm like, oh, wow, I took that thing from this part of my life or this part of my DNA or whatever. And I hybrided it with this thing and I created something that wasn't there before. And that's what makes it special. So I'll, I'll have recognition of that. But then when it's, I don't know, it depends. It's hard for me to um, intellectualize it, I guess. I don't think about it so much when I'm doing it. And it's, I don't know, I I think I'm working on my sense of self more, but I think it makes me uncomfortable to think that way (laughs) still because I'm working on that. Maybe there's like certain ones, like just like, I'm sure that's true with you too, Jerrica, like you have your moments and you're like, oh, wow. That was something I didn't even anticipate. Oh, yeah. I've, that makes me excited. Though. Yeah. I love it when that happens. Yeah. And I wonder, Sushi, if you felt that way. Yeah. 
for sure that happens to me jerica like i love like the idea of being a performer has always been so fascinating to me especially acting because i think it's easier for me to inhabit somebody else's character in life you know and to like give it all of that like to study it and to honor it than to think of myself as it that i mean that honestly makes sense i feel like that was just to circle back to like the grand theme right that was one of the the zones that i feel like something happened in the past handful of years where i finally like artistically like and 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 emotionally there was some bridge that i walked across and i realized that and who maybe this isn't true for everybody right for every performer but i suspect it is <laughs> <laughs> i realized that no matter no matter what the details of the character are right no matter what the the details of the quote unquote artifice is it's still you mm-hmm. and what you're doing is allowing yourself the security of in a way in a way like tricking yourself into thinking it's not you but it's still you you're allowing you, you it's your reflexes it's your it's your responses your 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 intuition your uh your your meat <laughs> and so there's less of a separation than than we think even when we're doing it and i think it scares us to acknowledge that and when we do though when we do it's more exciting totally i know and i'm I- It's funny I think about Beyoncé. Remember when she developed the character Sasha Fierce? Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. whenever you see interviews with her or see her like anytime I've come across her, she's not shy, but she's quiet, you know, and almost like timid or not timid, but she's just like a almost like an introverted person, you know? She's yeah. very inside herself. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets on stage, it's a completely different beast, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was I thought it was so cool that she named that to help her like grapple with it. Like, oh, that's Sasha. Yeah. But I think for me there's even a deeper like cultural thing maybe that I'm still battling with whereas like I'm not supposed to stand out or I'm not supposed Sure. You know, it's not it's not not good to to acknowledge yourself part of it. Do you feel like a performer their job is to stand out? Yeah. Oh, I disagree. It makes me super uncomfortable actually. <laughs> Just last last season, uh I remember like during the first week back at work and this was after like, you know, all the dead time with the pandemic. Um I remember the the camera op was was trying to tell me something and I and then I had a moment of of being a bit overtaxed because I was back in the work environment and I just turned to him and I was like I'm so sorry you're going to have to tell me that again because actually my soul hates being on camera and I heard myself say that and I was like oh god is that true <gasps> oh no do I need to st- <laughs> am I doing something that my soul hates should I continue in this profession you know um and I've been thinking about that but I don't think it's about standing out I think it's about I think it's I feel like I honestly I on I feel like when it's done well it's the most humbling thing it's the most humbling thing to present this person as a reflection of other people that you know you know or as a reflection of 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 this uh of a, of an archetype or as a reflection of 
whatever story you're carrying. I just think it's the most humbling thing. I don't think it's about standing out at all. Some people, for some people, yeah, absolutely. What if it's like not about standing out? What if it's about inhabiting? Yeah. And I really think that if someone asks you to inhabit what you are called to do, you cannot hold yourself back, whether you are the equivalent of Sasha Fierce or not, whether you're in your, I am an introvert and I was born an introvert, but I know I am very oddly Geronimo fearless for anybody. Mm -hmm. If it's my place to do that, like I, I don't care. I don't care what they think of me. I don't care what anyone else thinks of me. I don't care what I look like. I, I know my hair is north, south, east, west. I don't care. And in that moment, it is, for me anyways, the most humbling experience. And at the same time, the most invigorating uh, vital force flowing through me. They're happening. They're not paradoxes. They're compliments. I think that should be always like a bullseye for every one of us. Because that's when you're free. Mm. You know? So I don't know if you guys relate to that, but I think every female I've ever met has like layers and layers of projections of what you should or should not be. And then put a camera on you on top of that, just multiply it exponentially. There's no numbers that possibly, I don't even like, Melody will tell you, I don't like to have my picture taken. Mm. There isn't a good photo to be had because I'm uncomfortable. That's just because I don't have a role being photographed. If it, if it was for a purpose that I could resonate with, it wouldn't be a thing. I totally relate to that. I understand that completely. I have a question. Growing up, were there any any characters, any any stories, movies, TV shows that you guys gravitated towards? You know, in terms of like, ooh, that person, that reflection, that character, there's something about that that I find that I really love. Or is there a pattern that you've been able to find, like from what you loved as a kid? What do you mean a pattern? Pattern of what? For instance... I remember thinking about this. Uh, the, I remember the first time I thought about this, I re I realized that oh, I really loved uh, I really loved Rizzo from Greece. I really loved um, uh, what's her uh, Gypsy Rosalie. <laughs> oh, I really loved. Uh, there was somebody else I can't remember, and I was just like, oh, there's a pattern here. <laughs> oh, there's something about these you know these these wild women, these bad women that I really really love. So that's what I mean. Mm. <laughs> I have to think about it. I've never, I don't know if there's a pattern, but there were shows that I definitely loved so much. There or are specific characters. characters even. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, for sure for me. Well, first of all, we weren't allowed to watch television. So television was something I tuned into with great, like, I, thirst. I, you know, if, if I was allowed to watch, it was one hour. Mm -hmm. wow. And it might be once a week. I was just about to ask if it was per week. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I had to pick the show. So every time I exclusively picked the same characters and roles, I was in a state of 
like happiness is what I'd say. I don't think it was either I identify or I fantasized about or any such thing. I was in state of happiness. If I saw films that showed a glimmering of Native American life or African American behind the scenes life, I wanted to be around the campfires. Oh, wow. And so if I saw anything that allowed that, plus if you got to ride a horse in between, I'm like, what? Nobody bothers you on the way to school. You don't have to navigate um, teachers who don't know anything about anything, and you have to do what they tell you to do. Look, these people are out in the open. They rule the earth. They know the planet. They know nature. Nobody can tell them what to do because behind whatever it is in that room or that room, they already are the people. And so those that's what I gravitated towards every week. I love that. There's so like sovereign, sovereign spirits. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so good. And even like um, this, my friend growing up, uh, Melody has heard way too much about he was my first friend and stayed my friend till he recently transitioned to the next world. Um, but he was just one of the most verbally gifted. His name was Scott Keithley, the most gifted verbal modality of any human I've ever met in my entire lifetime. Oh, he could have been anything he wanted to be. He was a people person. He was a soul reader. He also was so much fun and also in trouble all the time because there was everything fascinated him. But he snuck in one day when I was watching my show and he saw at that that day I was watching the movie, The Lone Ranger. Mm. And he was like, who are you? I don't see any maidens in distress. Who are you? I was like, I am Tonto. I I don't need to meet Tonto's mate. I am Tonto. Don't you know me at all? And like that, he looked at me like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, he was like, okay, that's too much information. Let's go ride our bikes. (laughs) But yeah, what about you, Mel? I mean, I think when I think back to it from a general thing, I think I was really obsessed with family shows. And maybe it was because my dad had passed away but I loved seeing what families looked like so I was you know obsessed with the Cosby show or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or you know it's like anytime there was like a family dynamic um, where everybody was involved or even like Full House you know where it was like different I loved seeing different family dynamics and learning how American families sort of like what that was, like what was American family life, especially since I was an immigrant and there was no reflection of me anywhere. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh my God, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as an example of American family life. Oh my God. Who was your favorite character there? It was definitely Will. I mean, I was like, initially I was like, well, do I have to choose between Ashley and Hillary and I love things about them. You know, there's like certain things that I loved about them. And if I would have had to, I think mm-hmm. Ashley was probably the closest to who I would be mm-hmm. at the time. But Will was who I wanted to be 
Yeah, see, that's the stuff that I'm talking about that like we didn't even really understand at the time that that's why we liked the character so much. But it's because that's what we're aiming like that's where we're we're aiming for that. Oh, that's an example of how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm having such a huge epiphany right now as we're <laughs> Share, share, share. I realized that growing up all the people like in TV shows and whatever that I looked up to were the dad or the mom. And I, I mean, not the, the mom, but the, like whoever the head of the household was, because I think that's the position I took over when my dad died. Ah. And then not until later in life, when I like really kind of like allowed myself to get free, did I start like becoming obsessed with people like Toni Morrison or like the more sovereign character because I was like, wait a second, (laughs) those are my responsibilities. That's not who I am. Like, I'm not supposed to be that thing that I thought I was supposed to be. Like, I have permission to be my own self. And so I feel so late, but also so, it's so crazy that I never thought of it that way, that literally everybody, and and I think that there's a part of me too that's always been so upset not because I'm not a man, but because I was never accepted in the same way. Sure. Yeah. Um, even though I was doing all the things. But isn't it incredible when you realize no one has been given permission mm-hmm. to be their reality? No one. That's the myth. You know, my last conversation with my therapist when we were saying our goodbyes and you know like hooray thank you so much (laughs) all of that one of the last things she said to me was you choose who you want you choose who you are and I was just like something about that just kind of like blow blew open like a last little corner of the room in my brain and I was just like oh yeah so wait all of this all of this these pains that we've been working through all of this stuff all of this you know gunk from the family and all this Oh, I don't have to keep milking this and like twisting, like wringing out the dish rag and like whatever liquid is left. I can just like, Mm. oh, put the dish rag down (laughs) and just choose who I want to be. Like there's something about that that's so like it's radical when you hear it. Yeah, I think I'm still stuck in the place of being upset about choosing it when I was a kid because I didn't know better. Well, do you think you chose it as a kid? In some ways, yeah. Mm. I just think, I mean, there was nobody around me to tell me otherwise that like, hey, you're just a kid. You shouldn't be doing this. Or, by the way, there are more choices out there. Yeah. You can choose again. Like, it's all right. If you chose it, then that's beautiful and meritorious. And there's nothing here to take down. But just to go, wow, look at you, brave little girl. But now... What about big girl you? Yeah, but there's so many times where we choose something, even though it's not the right, may not be the right quote unquote choice for you, people get comfortable with you playing that role and they don't want you to change it. And so when you choose something different, it comes at the expense of possibly losing that person either completely or in a big way. And that's the hard part, or that's been the hard part. Another acceptance. I was just about to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was extremely like that feel like that's one of those little bro- like you walk in you, you you're in the woods and then you find this little clearing and there's like <laughs> yeah there's there's a clearing there's a clearing there's truly a clearing in your mind and you see it and you have to go I mean you don't have to take a step forward from there you can sit in the meadow for a while and take a nap and you know do whatever but eventually <laughs> Yes. And also, eventually, those friends don't feel like friends. Mm-hmm. The friends that only honor you in that role are not friends. And so those of us who are on the periphery see it, but you don't see it yet. And you know what? Maybe you never will, but maybe later you will. And maybe you get to like a point where one more time where they shove you in a box mm. or say something. Uh, there's this man always in public. He's a, quite a notable. And whenever I'm in public and he happens to be there, he's inevitably going to come up to the group I'm talking with and he'll say, hey, Julie, how am I? Instead of saying, how are you? He's like, are you looking at me? Are you looking at me with your, you know? That's such a, a little like poking antagonistic, like, ugh. <laughs> Every time, every time, and he thinks it's the funniest joke for the room. And I always say, and everyone looks at me each time, like, oh, no, what are you going to do? And each time I go, I don't know, you tell us. (laughs) I say the same thing every single time because I'm not going to be whatever that is. Also, I don't want to develop my friendship with that gentleman. So I think that it takes what it takes, and maybe it's on the hundredth time somebody treats you in a certain way or even looks at you, Jerrica, I don't know about what it must be like to be you because people recognize you from your roles. So yeah. you're, you're not Jerrica, you're whoever they met uh, in that role. So it must be weird. You have to field that a lot. That is weird. That was um, when I got my first big job uh, that like put me in people's homes on a regular basis. That was a very difficult thing to, mm, I wouldn't even say get used to, um, befriend. Mm. (laughs) That's a very difficult thing to befriend. And (laughs) hooray therapy. (laughs) But there's an element of it that still makes me uncomfortable. I've just, uh, I've gotten better at immediately transitioning the interaction into like a person to person kind of thing. But it's also, you know, similar to what uh, Melody, what you were saying earlier, just about having an idea of what a performer is and that their job is to be seen. I understand that so many people think that. And so many people just assume that actors are very outgoing, extroverted, open energy come in, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, But because I know I'm not that, I try to have I try to have some compassion while also um, being kind to myself at the same time. Yeah. I, well, what I meant was I don't think that all actors. I don't think that. I just think that being seen is an inevitable part of it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you can't do the work without being seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas different kinds of work you can. You can almost like, uh, and honestly, when I went into design, that's what I thought I was, I was signing up for. I was like, I could just be behind the scenes and make things. And I put the things out there and those things get seen. 
never in my life did I think people would want to talk to me or I would have to show myself or it, that would that part of it would be a thing. But with something like, you know, performance, it's kind of the whole thing is to be seen. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, think about it like this. There are plenty of there are plenty of performers who don't have. I mean, number one, there's varying levels of exposure. Totally. Right. And even in a particular scene, you know, get, get, get any any kind of scene, the people in the background, they're also performers, mm -hmm. but they're not technically being seen by the viewer. They're fading into the background. Like, that's what I mean by it's such a it's actually a very humbling. I think, you know, you can approach you choose to approach it in that way. And also, oh, I was going to say something else, but it lost my train of thought. Um, there's something it was something about being in the background, like assuming that that was the job to be in the background. Oh, that's what it was, because it connected to what you were saying earlier, Julie, about the you know, the projection of other people. Um, uh, I, too, did not realize that that was a part of this job. <laughs> I feel like the the funny thing, you know, when people are like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Wow, they need to stop saying that. <laughs> yes. They really do. Because the second you start doing what you love for your work, all these other things come into it that you're like, wait, this wasn't a part of what I loved. Because for me, what, what ends up on the screen, that projection that people are bringing into my interactions, 1,000%, in my philosophy, what ends up on the screen has nothing to do with my job. Nothing. What ends up on the screen is, is, is a product of uh, hundreds of people collaborating on that effort. And that is what that is. My job, you you as a viewer never really get to engage with it because that happens on the day that we're shooting, you know? And so like, there's still all of these like different facets and ways to view it that once when you're in it, it feels different. When you're outside of it, it feels different. So I don't know, I just feel like, I don't know. I love that you said that. And I love how you said that because it's so... True. Like Julie and I talk about this all the time because she's, I mean, I'll let you tell, say it yourself, but I feel like you're such an example of that where you, you know, you do this work and everybody wants you to do all this other stuff. And then you want to do all this other stuff, but then you're just like, wait, I'm not good at this part of it though. <laughs> I really, really want to put this work out, but I'm not good at all the steps it takes to get there. Are the other skill sets I'm going to have to learn just to do what I do? I'm going to have to do 4,000 things so that I can do one thing. <laughs> that is mind-blowing. The other thing is how whatever you do, you'll never realize that your society that you live in determines all that other extra work that you both are talking about. Mm. And so the state and health of your society and culture, remember, they're the ones who receive your work. And that's why you have more you know, people come up to you on the street about a role you played and they so want to tell you how they feel about it and about your character. Or Mel, they want to talk to you about how did you become this and what about this design and how, what does that have to do with the Lakers? And like, how, how do you make these connections or Jordan or you know, any other thing? And you're like, wait, I already gave you the gift. I gave you the thing that came from me. That's over. We're done. I'm doing something different now. Well, with myself, when I work with a person, I give them 
everything that I am. I never hold back, and I never don't hold space. It's amazing to me if I bump into them in public somewhere. They want to do it all over again, but now I'm with my family, (laughs) and I'm eating. Mm. And they don't see the difference, and I sure get it, but I also want to say I love you. I still love you, but not here. This isn't where we're going to make that happen. And it's okay. I'm still me. You're still you. It's not meant to happen here. (laughs) Can you say that to anybody that you work with now? (laughs) No. (laughs) What about you, Jerrica? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I feel like I could. Let me journal. Let me see if there's a way I can work that language. (laughs) I have heard my husband say that. I mean, or we'll be anywhere. And people are always like, you know, just so inadvertently in his face. Like, why don't you take a photo with him or do something? And, you know, he tells them, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm with my family. You know, and then it's like all of a sudden it's as if the person, well, sometimes like wakes up and is, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, have a great day. Or, you know, sometimes they're just so out of it that they're just like, but you know, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's a skill you have to develop. And for him, it's even crazier. Cause I'm like, you're just a musician. Like, he's like, I'm just the guy that plays the bass. That's all <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> That's the thing. That's all I want to do. But then there's this other stuff. It's all this the state of the world means we have to accept the state of the world and every person yeah. in its field. So it's a very humbling way to walk. Um, yeah. as you're still focusing on <laughs> transitioning into your best next, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you guys, I could talk forever about this <laughs> with you. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. This has been lovely. Jerica. Well, thank you so much again, Jerica. Yeah. Thank you for being so generous with yourself, which you are and, and really joining us. It's, it's really a special experience to be with you. Oh, thank you. I like always I feel the same way. Bye, Jerrica. Bye. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. 